0: You're listening to the best of the Tom Show brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant.
1: Who, me? Well,
0: <laughs> so I'd like really to amazing. know if I was married to a horror piece of shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you could just look at her license.
2: My a
0: special stripe. That you was
1: know, amazing. Oh <laughs> my gosh! Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions.
3: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Best of the Tom Barnard Podcast, brought to you, as always, by Bradshaw and Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we go old-school Hollywood with Bruda Lee, next on the Best of...
0: Lee is with us. Ruta, how are you?
2: Well, I'm fine, except who's got what disease that I should know about?
0: We think that Huey Lewis might might not be feeling too well. Although James Hetfield, the uh, the leader of Metallica, he's back in treatment, so I'm sure you're upset by that.
2: Well, I you know, I'm so aware of illnesses and things happening around us because my best friend in the world, my longest-term friend in the world died yesterday, very peacefully, I must say, after a a, a terrible struggle, Uh, a cancer thing, of course, and isn't it a shame that we cannot pool all the information in this world that has been collected about cancer and how to dispose of it and how to live with it and around it Mm -hmm. and and, um, cure people. I, I just... I'm so distressed by the fact that so much wonderful information has been gleaned, and if we could just put it all into the same hopper, I think we'd come up with answers a lot more quickly.
0: I think you're absolutely right, Ms. Lee. I think that one of the problems that we have that it's money, 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 money. It's all people are interested in is money, and unless they can make money from it, they don't want to do it.
2: Well, you know, I understand that it takes a great deal of money to discover all kinds of cures for all kinds of things the research is terribly Mm -hmm. expensive right and i assume that the pharmaceutical companies want some of that money back that they've expended but somehow it seems to me that there should be a reasonable middle ground somewhere where we poor folks who have the problems don't have to give up our life savings in order to try and survive, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what's happening to so many people now.
0: You Lord, I
2: sound like I should have a soapbox in the middle of town square, <laughs> shouldn't I?
0: <laughs> no, I think what you're saying, what you're saying is right on the money. You're absolutely right. We, I hope we do get back to a point someday, uh, if we've ever been there, but at least approach it at times that, that we actually care about one another or care about helping one another right now it just seems everybody's at everybody Mm. else's throats it's disgusting
2: well i will take exception to that good in that very honestly and i'm not patting myself on the back i think i was obliged uh by a power greater than myself (laughs) um that i needed to give back some of the blessings that had come my way. Wonderful. And I'm a great believer in volunteerism. I don't care what size or shape it takes. There are so many ways that all of us can do for somebody who can't do for himself. And uh, I've spent, I'd say, most of my adult years and somehow a little bit maybe pre-totally adult years Um, in dealing with um, an issue that was for the longest time, Tom, hidden in the closet. Nobody ever wanted to talk about mental illness. Nobody wanted to talk about mental disease. And uh, it was was the closet disease. And along came a group of young Hollywood types who got tired of being called hard drinking, pot smoking, sex-minded idiots who had nothing to contribute to the world. And they said, you know, we get together to to have drinks and sit around the piano and play and all of that. Why don't we sell tickets to these things and make a few dollars for a worthwhile charity? Mm -hmm. Hence the Thalians, T-H-A-L-I-A-N-S, was born. And they shopped around and they sent out Jane Mansfield and uh, Mamie Van Doren. Talk about girls with big blessings. Wow.
0: (laughs) Really big blessings, Ruta? (laughs) Okay,
2: and they came back to the next meeting and said well all the good diseases have been taken (laughs) but they had found God love them a doctor um, at a small hospital at the time that was dealing with emotionally disturbed children which he described much like apples, rotten apples injured apples in a barrel that can contaminate the whole barrel or the community in the case of of mental illness, if they weren't repaired and taken care of. And so that's how that was born. And uh, it was children first. And then we built our clinic, which was the first building at the Big Cedar Sinai complex here in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. that started the whole thing. And 18 years later, our clinic started taking in patients from pediatric to geriatric and took care of them. And then, 55 or 60 years later, we switched our focus and said, you know, those beautiful young people, the men and women that are called on to be in our military and who are willing to put their lives on the line every day, get injured, and they're not taken care of when they get home. They fall through the cracks. So we joined up with UCLA's Operation Mend operation mend heals the broken bodies the missing arms legs blown off faces whatever burn injuries they heal the the that side the body mm-hmm. and we Thalians are trying very hard to heal the broken mind spirit and therefore heart of our returning veterans so i've just given you my big pitch and tom i'm hoping that you're wonderful listeners If they have a penny to spare, we'll look up the Thalians, T-H-A-L-I-A-N-S, dot org, on the computer and get our full story and see what Debbie Reynolds, my dearest friend and sister in charity, have been doing for the last 70 years of our lives. Mm
0: -hmm. I think it's a wonderful thing. I I, uh that's really, really nice. Instead of just sitting around and going, oh, you know, we've had this wonderful life, we continue to have this wonderful life, you actually reach out and help people. I'm very, very happy you do that. I wish everybody did who who had a voice, that, whether it's, you know, some local radio or television or national television or movie stars or whatever it is. I do believe people, public figures, kind of owe it to everyone else to kind of share what they have. Uh, and I'm not talking about, you know, Uh, you need to give us your money. That's not what I mean necessarily. Uh, You want to contribute, that's great. But give of your time and work as hard as you can to help people who need help. I think it's a wonderful thing.
2: You know, Tom, there are so many ways that you can make life just a little bit nicer. And I swear, dear friends, that sometimes just a smile to somebody on an elevator or a comment on how cute they look Or are they having a good day or, or, uh, you know, helping someone across the street or holding a door open for someone? It's so easy to do a little act of politeness, of caring, and it can make a day for somebody. You know, maybe it's a bad day. Sometimes you say, oh, God, what a grumbly person. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're having the most rotten day, and all it would take is a little smile or a little encouragement in some way from you. And that's that's better than money, actually.
0: No, I do agree with that. And- yeah, you do have to be careful, though, because I, I was just talking about this last week on this show, that I held a door for, for a woman. And she started yelling at me about, oh, you have to hold a door for me because I'm a woman. And I said, no, I hold the door for everyone. <laughs> I hold the door for everybody, men, women, kids, older people. I I just how I was raised. But she oh, actually she got mad at me oh, about
2: That it. poor lady, she was really having a bad day. <laughs>
0: yeah, apparently that's true. Apparently that's very very true, but
2: her husband probably told her her behind was fat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Well, you have a big, you know, speaking of behinds be or being fat or not, uh uh, 2020, you've got a book coming out called?
2: <laughs> yes, and, and I'd say it without any apologies. Consider
0: your ass kissed. <laughs> okay. And, now... <laughs> and
2: why do I say that? It's because I think it is the ultimate compliment. And I say, consider your ass kissed in total, total gratitude. To anybody who has ever flipped the station to catch me or bought a ticket for a show or gone to a movie to see me or sent up a prayer on my behalf or whatever the case may be, I am so very grateful. Because, you know, Tom, I am happy to say that I don't think I've made fans. I think all through the years I've made friends. No, that's very nice. And in many ways I'm... Exceedingly grateful to the the game and talk shows, whether it was Johnny Carson show, or whether it was Password, or Stump the Stars, or uh, PDQ, or, or Hollywood Squares. Those shows didn't introduce me as a character that I was playing. Those shows introduced me as the character I am. And people got to know Ruta Lee as a human being and it was such fun for me because I, if I was playing whatever part of the country I was in, in a show of some kind, people would come backstage. And in most cases it wasn't, Oh, Miss Lee, it's such a pleasure to meet you. It would be, Hey, rudely, we're going to have people over for dinner Sunday. You want to come?
0: <laughs> okay. You know
2: how neat that is. Isn't yeah, that fabulous? Yeah, it is. And that's the feeling that I got from so many people. And, um, when when I uh, uh, the Perils of Pauline was the adventure that I was having trying to get my grandmother out of Siberia and and Lithuania back in the days of communism in in, the, in <laughs> Lithuania. Uh, so many people were pulling for me and sending up prayers for my grandmother and and uh, made her feel so welcome when I was finally permitted by the soviet authorities to bring her home to the united states uh that i've i've got to say that the 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 power of love and of appreciation that one feels from an audience and that's why i love radio and i love television because you reach Mm -hmm. so many people with one hello and i've got to tell you that alex trebek of course who is one of my very best buddies and and i did two years of Uh, high rollers with him on NBC, um, said to me the other day when I was talking about how he was doing, and he's having a rough time now, he's back on chemo, but he said, "I, I wouldn't be here except for the millions of prayers that have come my way and the millions of kind thoughts and the energy that is coming my way from so many viewers. Uh, and so all I keep saying is, I know there's a higher power up there, and boy, we better do right by that high power.
0: That works for me. I, and I tell you, you were just talking about this earlier. And while, while there are a bunch of talk shows on now, it's kind of unfortunate for young actors and actresses out there now because the Johnny Carson Tonight Show was the show to go on. If you made it on that show, everybody knew who you were and there's no show like that any longer. There are about 15 different ones, but they don't have anywhere near the audience that Tonight Show did.
2: No, and, and I realized that, of course, when the Carson show came on, we didn't have 42,000 other stations <laughs> to flip to.
0: 42,000, yes.
2: Yeah, and, and you, know, you stop and think that, uh, boy, it was ABC, CBS, and NBC, where Johnny was, and um, uh, you you had a, a, a somewhat captive audience, but you know when, when people met you that way, uh, either sitting in their their living room or their den, or or maybe through their toes in their bedroom at night, <laughs> you you became a personal, I think, friend, and uh, I I really like that, and I miss. I miss that kind of thing that's going on now. It's just not quite the same.
0: I understand. Now, when your book comes out, we have to have you back on the show. Consider Your Ass Kissed needs to be covered Now, you heard that,
2: folks. He asked me back. You promised me now.
0: I will promise you. I would love to have you come. Matter of fact, you can bring Debbie Reynolds with you, and we'll just talk about how when I was a little boy, I got to look at both of you and go, I really like women. (laughs)
2: Uh, (laughs) Well, thank God (laughs) Well, thank God Ruta,
0: thanks so much What an honor to have you on the show
2: I am honored that you share your wonderful audience with me And all I can do is say thank you for caring Thank you for sharing God bless you and God bless America
0: God bless you, young lady Thank you so much Ruta Lee, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen uh, What a... I see now there it is. Somebody that had a wonderful life, great career, and she's grateful and wants to help people. Mm-hmm. I showed Tevin her picture. She was uh, probably still is, but she <clears throat> cut a fine figure as a woman. Yeah. I'll tell she's you a beautiful that. woman.
3: She,
4: looked, she aged well.
3: She's
0: got yeah. <laughs> yeah. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast.
3: Lee on The Best Of. Coming up next, we had Miles Davis's nephew on the show. Really, he is. Vince Wilburn Jr. Next on The Best Of. Not too long ago, I went to a theater,
2: and I saw the...
0: We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Is Vince ready to go? Vince Wilburn Jr. Vince, is ready. Vince, how are you, Vince? How you doing? The marvelously well. Why do you get to be related to the cool and I don't?
1: <laughs> well, we're related.
0: <laughs> we're related. Good. So you and my I are related too. Uh, good. Miles Davis was my uncle too. I like. how we're talking. Now we're talking. The documentary documentary on the life of the jazz legend garnered much critical praise following its world premiere at Sundance in January 2019 and will be broadcast on PBS in 2020 following its theatrical run. Miles Davis's nephew, Vince Wilburn Jr., he is a musician who toured with Miles and many other artists, and he also oversees the Miles Davis Estate and or Peabody and Emmy Award winning filmmaker Stanley Nelson. Uh, I tell you, this is unbelievable, Vince. It's so great to talk to you. As a little boy, I I saw Miles Davis, and I thought, that's how you're cool. It's not running your mouth. It's not acting like a tough guy. To show how cool you are, you got to be Miles Davis, don't you think, Vince?
1: Well, I mean, he was like, he's the only man I know who changed clothes, six times a day. So how cool is that? <laughs> I mean, you would look up and he, he would actually have on another outfit. He said, I'm just rehearsing my clothes. I'm rehearsing <laughs> my clothes. So, <laughs> rehearsing. So, you know, that that's the ultimate cool, you know.
0: I think so, it is. Uh, the, I mean,
1: he would even paint. You know, he painted paint and he did sketches and he would paint in like uh, all these designer clothes. You know, I, one time I saw him in overalls, denim overalls. What? But he was the ultimate of cool.
0: He was the ultimate of cool, and even as a little boy, I knew that just watching him because he was so reserved, and not in a like a like a stuck up kind of way. It was just like, eh, you know, I'm fine, you're fine, don't worry about it. I always liked that about him.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: It's very, very cool. But his,
1: his, his, my grandfather was a dentist, you know, who drove a Jaguar when 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 African Americans couldn't drink out of a water fountain, you know, so. You know, I mean, he is my and he had a, a farm. You know, three hundred acres of uh, raised cattle and hogs. So, you know, Uncle Miles came from from um, an, a very affluent background.
0: And how did how was that achieved? I mean, just was it hard work? How did this come about? Because you're right. one thing I, Vince, that I that I get bothered by because. uh You know, I I was born in 1951. I really don't like the way people these days like to compare life now with what life was like back then because it's not even close. Uh, I also don't like the fact... That people somehow think they can, by judging other people or, or shifting blame onto, onto one certain group of people, that they're ever going to make up for the horrors of, of slavery and then treating people like dirt right up through the late 60s, I mean, that I can remember, and some people still to this day. I really wish people would stop stop thinking they can make up for that, because they can never make up for what happened. Uh, no question. You
1: know, funny you say that. He never forgave. The, the, you know, he always brought up. The cops that, that uh, they had the altercation in front of uh, the club even, in front of you, right. in, in the fifties. So that never, he never, he always brought that up, you know, from time to time, and you know, those those are emotional scars that never leave you, you know? right? But no. you know, dealing with all of that, he still came out, and it was always about the music, and, and that that outweighed the, the racism and the bigotry that, that that you know that, that came up with during his career. Yeah, I mean, he talked about it, but it was more about the music and, and moving the music ahead. But you know, there were times he would bring it up.
0: Yeah, I just, I just really wish people who were, you know, weren't even around back then would stop making judgments on. Well, that happened then, and now today's is just as bad. No, it's not just as bad. <laughs> Those people were tortured.
1: Hey, hey, that's a whole, that's a whole other topic, huh? Yeah,
0: it is okay. We'll get off it, Vince. No, you're absolutely right. But I know it just—I love all the right. fact that you brought up—you know—that that his father drove a Jaguar, he owned a farm, he owned all these different things. This is a man who obviously had to work his butt off, right, Vince?
1: Yeah, well, you know, he didn't want to. He didn't when he—my mom received his diploma. He left and and wrote and, and you know went to New York from East St. Louis the next day after he graduated. My mom accepted his diploma. I think my mom told me that. but his goal was to go to Juilliard on a scholarship, and then when he arrived in Juilliard he he you know he wanted to seek out Charlie Parker. oh and yeah, bird, so the rest yep. was history, you
0: know God, that is a wonderful story. I should mention by the way, but yeah. did now did you grow up in East St. Louis?
1: I grew
0: up in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, Chicago! South okay, South all right. Yeah, down yeah. the block yeah. a little bit, not that far actually. But oh yeah, one it's of my Three hundred fa- miles from St. Louis. Yes, yeah, sir. One of my favorite things about when I was working at Capitol Records back in the late '70s and early '80s, and I would call on WESL in East St. Louis, and That's I will. Right. I will. Oh, so you
1: Capitol Records, Larkin Arnold. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know these people? Yeah, Ray Tisdale. Oh yeah, God. All those guys.
0: Honestly, I know God. the old
1: school guys. You know the the, the OGs. I call them <laughs> you and me We're both, live, Vince.
0: <laughs> you and me both, Vince. That's terrific. Did you have yeah. you have you ever been in the Capitol Records building in that in the recording of studio? Of course,
1: I did a mastering session for oh, um, man. the rubber band session that's out now on Rhino. That's not, a, that's, not a that... that's not a plug. That's not a plug. <laughs> a new album Davis record out on Rhino that we remastered mastered it at Capitol, and I have great Al Schmidt, All the guys are there, engineers. I yeah. recorded there. Yeah, you know, yep.
0: yeah, yeah. Vince, I tell you, you walk into that studio and you see, you know, obviously it comes to mind, Frank Sinatra recorded there and all those yes, people. Yeah, no, I was
1: listening to Frank Sinatra for phrasing. A uh, lot of people didn't know that. Oh, a, that King Cole,
0: you know. You know, I'm glad you brought that up, Vince, because Frank Sinatra, I believe, is the one who invented that breathing style where he would actually breathe in the middle of sentences, not at the end of them. And his mm-hmm, phrasing was mm-hmm. immaculate because of it.
1: Yeah. God, great musician. Yes, a lot of people. He's a great
0: musician. He was indeed. This is very exciting talking to you about this because this is. I mean, th- this forever. Yeah, you and I can, can talk be, forever we, about we, this. We stuff.
1: can have that like Ken Burns
0: segment. <laughs> that's right. We we'll get Ken Burns on. We'll do a twelve-part series for PBS. Right. We will call it Vincent Tom Talk Music. It'll be fantastic. It'll be wonderful. Right. Let's do it. But, you know, Vince, I was very lucky to be to have gotten that job. I was 25 years old when I got the job, and I got to be around all these people that you were talking about uh, and, and you know, working. Oh, one thing I should mention about WESL over there, the, the program director at the time, you say, Hey, Tommy, uh, when you come down here, I'll just meet you over in St. Louis. I'll meet you over at Tony's. And I said, Okay, but I can just come He goes, No, 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 that's, that's not necessary. After a few months, I realized he didn't want me coming over there because he thought it was too dangerous for a white guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we were just in St. Louis and we were talking about Jim Gates and all those guys yeah. back in the day. Yep. And, you know, um, it's amazing. I spent a lot of time in St. Louis and East St. Louis. We, we still have the childhood home in East St. Louis. Oh, you do? In Kansas. And we were just there, and then they gave the key to the city to Stanley, the director.
0: So. God, that is wonderful. Vince, do people know, yeah. you talk about Chicago, you talk about St. Louis, that entire, you know, Middle America, uh, the great music that came out of Middle America, do, do people know all that?
1: I think they do. I think, you know, because Uncle Mouse are the greatest bass players from the Midwest. I mean, you have Detroit, you, know, mm-hmm. you have yeah. Motown, you have Chicago with Chess Records. And you have St. Louis and the Mississippi in New Orleans. You know, it's it's, it's, it's uh, melting pot. Then Minnesota, many Minneapolis with Prince.
0: Prince did okay. Yeah, Prince definitely did okay.
1: Ohio with the Ohio <clears> players and throat> you throat> know all that. You know, so,
0: hey, I'm, I'm a, I go all the way back to Stax Vault, man. That's a long time ago now.
1: Man, I go back and I used to go in the basement of Pete Cozy and fill up church and talk and listen to them talk about chess records. And Maurice White played drums on Fontella Bass. Oh God! would start Earth, Wind, and Fire, he played on "Rescue Me." A lot of people don't know that.
0: I will tell you what, you know, man. Tell fun- am
1: historian, you know. I just I, I used to just bug people and listen to their conversations, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And when they, when Maurice said he was going to start this group called Earth, Wind, and Fire, they thought he was crazy.
0: Oh God! What a group! You're uh, I, right. I, I will tell you, Fontella Bass could sing just a little bit.
1: Oh yeah, St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah,
0: she was yeah. a great singer. Dave Sanborn, St.
1: Louis. Yeah. You
0: know? God, what a great conversation. Yeah. Michael
1: McDonald, St. Louis.
0: Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Now, so Vince, uh, Miles Davis' nephew, Vince Wilburn, we're talking to here. He's a musician who toured with Miles, and many other artists also overseas, the Miles Davis estate, as we talked about. Uh, yeah, I, I just. Do you do you look back and go? I'm Vince Wilburn Jr. I'm one of the luckiest people on earth to have grown up in the you know in the shadow of all these things and made something of myself doing it. That's that's got to be very satisfying, isn't it?
1: It's satisfying. It's a blessing, and, yeah. and I never take it for granted. You know, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to think of things Uncle Ma shared. He's been gone since September 28, 1991, and I think of, I reflect on things that he's told me. You know, and I'm like, whoa, wow! It's like an epiphany.
0: It's <laughs> like, oh shit, he did say that. You know, but, yeah. But what's great about events is you have this great appreciation for it. Some people would just accept it and go, oh, well, they, that's just how it is. But you actually appreciate it, which is, you know, it shows. I don't know if it's like, you know, a family trait to be grateful, but it really worked for you.
1: Yeah, well my parents raised me well.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well there you go. I mean that's exactly what I'm, I'm Appreciate talking about. What you have.
1: It and, and it sounds yeah. to me it sounds as if you haven't peaked yet. You're still striving, you're still trying to no, learn. I'm still learning. And was still Miles learning. Davis still that I way know. too I'm release? Was Miles still that recording. way? I have a studio at my home, I'm still recording, you know. Yeah. I, it's a passion. Yeah. Was Miles that way, trying to learn, trying to reach, trying to uh, mature all his life? He, he never rested never rested on us I mean, you talk about a man who had homes in New York, homes in the Malibu, Ferraris. You know, he was well off, but it was always about the music that, that drove him, and that's what I, I, I you know, respect and, I, and I, I picked up on, you know. I don't have Ferraris and homes in L.A. and New York, but I'm okay, you know. I'm doing okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, you and everybody, you and me both, we don't have those, but we're okay, it, it, it's working out I'm just blessed. fine. I'm yeah, I yeah. mean that's and that's how you should look at life. Is it? Uh, and, and you are, yeah. by the way, one hundred percent correct. Your parents raised you properly, and I really wish we'd get a focus back on that in America too today. Uh, some better parenting. Well, we
1: come back and talk anytime.
0: You need to come back you and know? talk to me because all the a
1: lot of my musicians friends they didn't have the parents I had. My dad used to drive me to the gig where I set my drums up and then and break my drums down and drive me home because I was always played with musicians older than me. You know. So a lot of kids didn't have that, that, that support, you know?
0: So I got to ask you, you worked with Don Cheadle, right? Yes. How was that? He What a talent that guy is. Amazing. Yeah.
1: Amazing. Uh, we were receiving the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Award in 2006 at the Waldorf Astoria. So backstage, the press said, who do you see playing your uncle in a movie if there was ever to be a movie? I said, Don Cheadle, right away. Yeah. And so it went across the wire. So by the time we flew from New York to L.A., Don's people and our people were talking. I said, Don, I'm sorry I put you in a spot like that. But he said, hey, man, let's go. And that's how I met Don Cheadle.
0: (laughs) Now, who played you in the movie?
1: (laughs) Something just told me Don Cheadle because I saw him in a movie called The Devil in a Blue Dress. Oh, yeah. yep, Yep. And I said, that's Uncle Miles.
0: I love it. Vince Wilburn, Jr., ladies and gentlemen. Miles Davis, Birth of the Cool, the new documentary. And the documentary is available everywhere, sir.
1: It's, it's out on all the theaters. It's, it hasn't gone to Netflix or or or, 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 um, or t- television yet.
0: Or yeah, that's cable, after
1: one. But, but yeah. it's, it's in the theaters. I'm going to Chicago tomorrow to um, premiere it there Friday. My hometown. Oh, that's I just got back from Dallas. We've been to South Africa. We've been to Sundance. We've been all over the world.
0: You're going to go to, to London
1: to... after Chicago.
0: You like Italian food? Love it. All right, you're going to go to Gene and Giorgetti for me and have a little plate. that will be good. <laughs>
1: Okay, I'll do light. Franklin Street, baby. I'll do a light Franklin Street. <laughs> I a light Franklin. I,
0: I love it. Vince, thanks so much for your time. Great talking to you, sir. Please do come back. I'd love to talk hey, to man, you Hey, man,
1: keep in touch.
0: You're a good man. Thank Just you, Vince.
1: Call me anytime. Please check out the film, okay?
0: We'll get it done, sir. Absolutely.
1: Thanks, Hashtag Vince. Hashtag Miles Davis movie.
0: Miles Davis movie. I got it. Most definitely.
1: Okay. And my band is Miles Electric Band. You got to check out that. We got some new music coming out. MilesElectricBand.com
0: we'll get it oh good I'm glad you yeah well, could, well you should come back and talk about that I'd love to talk to you about that let's
1: do it I'm in the studio with Lenny White now we're co-producing the new record we'll and get we, it have, we have a song on the on the soundtrack called Hail to the Real Chief with, with Miles and Marcus Miller that we produced
0: that is a wonderful and by the way I should so mention we'll that the movie also will be a broadcast on PBS in 2020 following its theatrical run so right around the corner just a few months from now it'll be on PBS thank you Mr. Wilburn I appreciate it sir Great, man. Great talking to you. Nice talking to you. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast.
3: That was Vince Wilburn Jr. Coming up next, closing out the show, we're opening up the... We're going all the way back to May 8th, 2013, episode 190, with the prettiest man in comedy, Fancy Ray McCloney, next, on the best of...
0: Our special guest on today's Tom Bernard podcast, Fancy Ray McCloney. There he is. Not just Ray. Not just Ray.
4: Fancy. That is my legal name. Fancy (laughs) Ray McCloney. When did you officially change it? I changed my name. I was always fancy. I think when I (laughs) was born, they they said that two names popped in the mind that fit me. One was Las Vegas, and the other was Fancy Ray. Uh But what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and they knew the
0: world needed some fancy Ray. (laughs) They did indeed.
1: I've uh-huh. known that for a
3: long time.
0: <laughs> you knew it for a long time. Yep. Adults. I've so been saying it for years. My wife, Catherine, our daughter, Alex. We oh, my met Lord. Everybody. Oh,
4: this is a family thing going it's on here. a family here. thing yeah, going on. Our family. son, Andy. Family. <clears throat> Oh, man, I'm here. Finally, with my main man, Tom Bernard, and of course, I've been a fan, as everyone in the Twin Cities has anyway. been for years, and I'm on the podcast, and let me tell you, it's <laughs> best about to happen here tonight. I'm the first, the last, He's the standing. best, and the most. I'm the heartbeat of the Twin Cities, and my beauty is coast to coast. Mules have kicked me, but oh, they didn't tear in my eye. A, rest <laughs> a just call up and died. I can make a superstitious man walk under the ladder and fry your
1: ass like pancake batter. What a, what a timid little rascal you are.
4: I can't take him, babe, but I can make love to a 300-pound woman make a stomach ache. <laughs> I will mash her a tails and French her fries. When I get through, so I never, never lie. See, I can make love for six nights on a seventh day. You may go, Ray, who? Impressive. But the women go, hooray. <laughs> Ray who? And the women say, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Oh, oh, man. Fancy Ray. Oh, man. In the house. I mean, in because. the house. I'm here. And I'm so happy to be here. You know, this is really fantastic. And it's wonderful that this being Mother's Day week, it's, which well. is a week of love and appreciation. And you got your beautiful wife here. Aww. And it's a family thing going on. And son, I mean, this is just really really fantastic
0: and i'm really happy to be here Tom. well it's great having you mm-hmm. it's great having you. i have so many friends well did you get our phone call when brian miller we called you last week
4: in fact people mistake me for brian miller all the time <laughs> yeah
0: I, you look a lot of absolutely he, you know from paducah kentucky yeah exactly
4: man and i'm from the garden brian. of eden
0: exactly man <laughs> what, what people should know is that that, that every entertainer out there that ever passes through Minnesota loves fancy rap. Yeah, they what, do. They all love you, man. What, what is the thing that comes that you got, Tom, is that
4: number one is that you see that over the top energy and that love and that joy, and it touches people and it reaches them someplace on the cerebral level, and it lifts you up. So when you see me, if it's on this radio thing, you're going to get a vibration of love, a vibration of excitement, a vibration of inspiration that's going to touch somebody and give someone that little spark. That's why I'm such an effective pitch man is you because are. I have a thing that that connects with people. On the thing down here, maybe that was this guy right here. <laughs> the lower I think Tony's sparked up like <laughs> but, crazy over oh, there. Yeah, but, but, but there's a genuineness and there's a, a joy, and that joy yes. is infectious.
0: Now I have to tell, I have to tell Fancy Ray because he's looking at me now, and Tony's behind him. As you were talking, Tony, he, he went oh. like this. Right? You ready? I'm Tony now. Uh-huh. While you were talking, he was doing this.
3: <laughs> oh! I love this.
4: oh well, See, it's an energy field.
1: It's, it's too intimidating. See, happening.
4: See, I, I'm gonna tell you something that people like. Tony, this happens sometimes. Sometimes, like, like, so when somebody asks me how I'm doing, Tom, what I always yes, say, sir. they say, "How you doing, Fancy?" Well, I say two things. One is I'm on top of the world, or the other thing I say is sexy as hell. And a lot of uh, men will like, say, "Sexy as hell!" Like, oh, sexy as hell! I, I'm not gay. I, I'm not gay. No.
1: no, that's what got me.
4: No, no, no. But, you are sexy, but, but, but <laughs> I, 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 it's not a thing. Of, 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 of just me expressing my own joy, my own exuberance, my own good fit. It's about me, right? Yes, it is another about me. Part you. of my brain looks at the guy and goes, huh, I wonder if I can get him to take his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> Tony? I am the best looking man in comedy. You yes. happen to be here today.
0: You are. There's no question that you are. And a, and a snappy ass dresser,
4: too. Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of mellow today. But you know, t- 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 today was a business day for me, today. This I was is mellow. Knocking on doors and. Uh, what did you do today? Oh, today? scouting for business. You know, I own an advertising agency, mm-hmm. and I'm not being this mm-hmm. flamboyant oil top thing, so I was out knocking on doors, and I went and visited my old friends at Honda Town, motorcycles, and the folks on Lake Street, and just, uh, I'm out pitching businesses, man. And we are doing well. A, yeah, we got new... Oh, do you know about the commercial stuff?
1: I see on the late night ads. Yeah,
4: I got ads that run here in Minneapolis. I just got some new clients. They're in Phoenix, Arizona. I got some ads running in Florida, and things are going really, really well. I mean, and folks who... They, they, they've they heard my voice if they don't realize it right right uh-huh. if you got bad credit no credit even a bankruptcy i could put you in a vehicle today
0: <laughs> only 99 dollars down uh, now no, that's another one man right, <laughs>
4: another one. there you go
0: yeah absolutely yes i understand that how is it that you and i never met in per- well i don't leave my house yeah, much how so is I that? yeah that, that's i did meet you actually many many years ago but very for about one second really where was that at God, I was trying to think of where it was because you're everywhere. I'm everywhere,
4: and it's funny the <laughs> fact that we <laughs> haven't Charlie. made that connection because of the fact that you have been around for so long, and especially on the morning show. And you have everyone mm-hmm. on there, and you got my friends over there on you, and I've had folks that were interns of yours who were fans of mine. Yeah, well, we, you yeah. and I just never made the connection, and that's one reason I want to come in. And if I knew this is going to be a family thing, I would have brought flowers for all the ladies here, man. Oh. I'm talking. Th- th- I'm just, I'm, I'm honored and flattered, but I don't know how we didn't make that connection, especially wow. you being the icon that you are, Uh-oh. and me being the humble mob. Mouth- that I am, Lord have mercy, you know, it's kind of like cherries and and ice cream, they just kind of mixed, well, not cherries and ice cream, I'm hotter than that, (laughs) no, you're hotter than that, I'm hotter than that, it's like cherries and mm, whatever goes with hot cherries, Uh, can't think of anything, what goes with hot cherries, I know what goes with hot cherries, chocolate and hot cherries, There you go. and
0: you know something,
4: I'm the world's greatest (laughs) chocolate, you are, (laughs) I am, man. Don't ch- and chocolate, ladies, is a powerful antioxidant. That's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah, so true. Not only can make love to me give you an orgasm, I can cut your risk of cancer by 50%. It's heart healthy.
0: All the way around. Fancy is Heart healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't get around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Heart mm-hmm. no around. Mm-hmm. Oh, heart healthy. <laughs> so now, now,
4: I like the way you said it. Heart healthy. Healthy. Oh, let me. Heart
0: healthy.
4: Mm. I know. My, my, my. Put okay, hands on me. the table there, oh, sir. Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it gets dangerous, trust me. I swear to God. But you know what? I can make, I'm not going to levitate the table right now. But, cause I can put my hands on the table and watch the whole table rise, Tom. when I do, I, I, put my, I put my hands right here and I think about me, and then the table starts going up. You know. Never mind. No, no, no. no where, where were you born? Uh, I I was born. Well, there's a couple different stories. The Garden of Eden. Okay, what's the real one? The the (laughs) Garden of Eden. The Lord looked at me and said, This is good. (laughs) Then he took a rib. I had my first barbecue. <laughs> um, I was born in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. I was raised here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, went to uh, West High School, Marshall oh, U, Central High School. And when I graduated, they did something unusual. Hmm. Now, you know this. Are you from here, the cities? Yeah, I'm from North Minneapolis. No, really? My man, come on, really? Yeah, How we don't know each other, man? I
0: don't know because, well, because I'm, I'm a lot <laughs> older than you, man. <laughs>
4: but, but when I graduated, all three of those high schools closed down.
0: That's right. They, 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 said,
4: they said we can't do no better than a fancy race, so
0: that's they shut right. the they damn shut them all down. A, shut
4: yeah. them all down. The, the uh, so I'm, I'm from right here, and that's the thing that happens, especially in, 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 in my community that I touch and reach, in the black community is the fact that uh, oh, you're pers- black. I didn't know you. No man, I'm, I'm <laughs> chocolate. I'm chocolate. <laughs> oh, that's right I'm chocolate with a black soul, oh, man. Tom doesn't okay. see people in uh-huh. terms of color. We don't, yes. huh? No,
0: no, Not no. I all
4: know. Oh, right on my. What man. I
0: like, what I like is, and I keep telling people this over and over and over. I don't care what color you are, what your religion is, whatever. If you're not an asshole, you're not an asshole. That's the way I look at things, right? right? right. Good people are good people, and assholes are
4: assholes. I 100% agree with you, man. That's the way I look at it. And I think that the the, the life and the love is bigger than that. And that's why I teach a positive spirituality that's bigger than all the religions. That's not bigger. No, no, no. I said it wrong. I said it wrong. It's a truth that goes through all the major religions, all Mm -hmm. the major philosophies. And that's what I believe. That's what I preach. That's what I talk. And that's what I represent. When I show up here, you can see that vibration of love. And that thing that comes through that says that there's something bigger than all of us, and we're all part of that big thing. And it's that one power that's inside of all of us, no matter what your race, color, religion. We're all part of this beautiful thing. And it's a thing of love.
0: And it's I like through it. all of us. Man, we're connected. I wish people did see that they were they were part, whether they want to see it as a small part or not, but that you're part of this wonderful thing, this world. But people don't see that. It, it intimidates them. It makes them feel really small. Instead of being part of a big thing, they, compare the, they look at the big thing crushing them because they're so small. Yeah.
4: Yeah. But- who is it? now this is an original thing. Uh, uh, Dr. Tyson, the, the, the great astrophysicist, mm-hmm. says when he looks at the universe, rather than seeing himself as small, he sees himself as big, because I'm part of that big thing. That's what the star Absolutely. represents. The yeah. big bang, the creation of the universe. That's a whole long story. I thought but, the
0: star was just you. Huh? I am a star,
4: but <laughs> the star is everybody. <laughs> that's why I'm sitting on top of the world. We're all on top of the world. If you're breathing, living, talking, we're all on top of the world. I mean, yeah. And I've been attractive for a long <laughs> time. Let let me, I'm going to give you something. I'll give you something, I Tom. wish we had video. Oh, I,
3: hey, oh, I know. Really, Where's I, the I, camera?
4: I, I for video and I gotta uh, like I'm gonna give you something about, about the stars in the universe I'll give you something that this, this is this is profound like the, su- the sun is 93 million miles from Earth right? it is yeah yes Alpha Centauri daughter is 25 trillion miles from here I'm gonna give you an idea of how far that is light traveling at 186,000 miles per second it takes 8 minutes to get from the sun to Earth traveling at that same speed it takes it four and a half years to get to Alpha Centauri hmm. <laughs> Only point I'm trying to get to is this: No matter where you are, listen to this broadcast. <laughs> Fancy Ray is your closest star.
0: <laughs> that's true. I
4: am the that's best just a man in
0: comedy. Good lord, that's <laughs> just a fact. There's no question. Mm-hmm. So, so, so you're you south, south Minneapolis guy? No, I grew up North Minneapolis.
3: Why
4: so did yeah, well, yeah, don't you end know. up going all those?
3: Yeah, why? Like really in south? Because
4: you know, I was I was in the Magnum program, so I went to Central oh, High School for the yeah, first year. Yeah, yeah okay. And then uh, mm-hmm. I skipped around. I went. You to didn't s- want
0: to go to Minneapolis North?
4: No, because the they didn't have a program. No, nah, do, right, you know right. mag, magnet program.
0: No, that's right.
4: Do you know what that Magnet program? Magnet, yeah. Yeah, that's new script from 8th grade. I went to 10th grade. And so I did it at Central, and then I went to the West, and I went to Marshall U. But the great thing, when I was young, I would go to events, and I knew people from all the high schools. Yeah. yeah, so it was really cool. And the thing that happens even now, when folks come, especially when I was talking about my community, when folks come from Gary and Chicago and New Orleans, when they see me and they see this vibration, they see that real deal. They see that hustle. They feel that love, and they feel that connection. And so it's something that uh, touches people, and I touch folks, and it lets folks
0: out. I can understand mm-hmm. that, absolutely. Now, mm-hmm. where did you live in North Minneapolis? Right. I live right off uh Fifth and Knox. Oh, you still if, do? No,
4: no. That's where I grew up. Oh, that's Fifth where you grew and up, Knox, yeah. which is uh, right by Olsen Highway between Glenwood Avenue, mm-hmm. right there. And it, it's a funny thing how this, how the, because I watch as you have seen the city change. When I first grew up, that was a white neighborhood. We were one of the first black families over there. and Now it's all black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the whole area changed. And there was one time when all the shop owners were all Jewish people, yeah. and now they're all Arabs and, and whatever they are over there. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and see, everything has changed, man. It's yeah, just, other just, things, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's a and it's a beautiful thing. And so uh, I have connections with those people and those businesses over there still, and especially those grassroots places. I mean, those are my bread and butter, and that's why I make my money at. Man, but I, those folks. Yeah.
0: You know how I always tell people to see if they really know the North Side. Hmm where was Carl Eller liquor store?
4: <laughs> Penn and Plymouth. Come on. Penn and off. Plymouth. That's
0: exactly right. Good Lord. That's, That's exactly good.
1: right.
0: People who are not really from the north side have no idea where Carl Eller liquor store Hell was. yeah, man. And Carl Eller. I mean, talk about have you had him on your show? Uh, you know, we haven't had him on. We probably should. He's, cool. he's, he's, he's a total, total, <laughs> Carl Eller. Just don't make him mad. He's one of the biggest men I've <laughs> mm-hmm. ever seen. And, and, and a giant.
1: And I he. Is. I saw him
4: at a golf yeah. tournament. He is yeah. huge. How yeah. long was that open? Carl Eller liquor. Because Carl was there and who took it over after Carl Eller? Do you know Randy Stanton?
1: Oh uh,
4: man, I'm a North Side guy, man. Randy Stanton, oh uh, yeah. my favorite congressman who is a friend of mine who I love. I love both those gentlemen, man. And yeah. that's, see, that like, you, you know both of them too. Uh, I don't know Randy Stanton, no. Okay, he's a good guy to have in there too. I tell you the truth, man. He's a good, talker. I think he thinks I'm a racist. Yeah, but that's a good reason to have him come in. He <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. doesn't even deny it. I love that. I, I don't know. I don't that's know what he right. thinks about you, but I'm, I, no, I, no, that's no, a good no, reason no. to have a conversation because well, that's probably you know, you know conversation—that's that, that, what the whole thing with racism is—is is ignorance, man. When you get to know people, there are people. I'm seeing a, a young lady. She's from Stockton, Illinois, right now, and her family has a. I've never had this problem because, you know, uh, every, I've never had no problems at all. But uh, they have problems because of the fact of my color.
0: Her parents,
4: she white. Too? It was her grandparents. Her, her parents have met me, and in fact, I wasn't invited over to Thanksgiving just because of this. Because of this.
0: Because of the chocolate. Because of the chocolate. Damn
4: it! <laughs> but but they invited me over, and uh, <laughs> and they got to know me and we talked to me, and then I think to some level they got comfortable. And then something I do you don't even know about this either is actually it's not in my bio. I lead church service. Their mom came to hear
0: me speak. I, at did, church. Hear, I did hear about that. And you're right, it's not it's not documented, but I did yeah. hear about. This. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah. So that's something that I do. And where do you do that? At, Oh, I'm going to do it this weekend at, uh, for Mother's Day at OSC. It's called Our Spiritual Center. It's located in the Banks building, 11 a.m. on Sunday. Oh, yeah, right over there in northeast Minneapolis. Yeah, northeast Minneapolis, right by the White Castle.
0: I guess that would be, yeah, that's still north Minneapolis because it's north of Hennepin.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm going to go there, and, and, and I'll be talking this weekend. And I'll be doing something for Mother's Day. And, uh, you know. Over by the Red Stag? Yes. Oh. Over by the Otter. <laughs> yep, it's right by the Red Stag. <laughs> oh, you guys know the Banks building? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah they they sure. Yeah, I mean, Red Stag is it's northeast. Yeah, yeah it's but close. that's where it is. Yeah. It's real close. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's not far from here at all, as no. a matter of fact. No, no. So I'm in the neighborhood no matter where you are. You know, my, my two favorite <laughs> preachers of all time, first of all, one of them was Richard Pryor, <laughs> oh,
1: <God. laughs> the Richard. character that he played.
0: <laughs> I love that, too. One of my favorite lines. He was the best. <laughs> one of my favorite lines of all time. And uh, language bother you? No, no, say what you want to. This is your podcast. Well, I mean, but it's all Richard. You're 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 talking in front of your daughter and your wife. That's on you, brother. He came out one time and said, yeah, boy, I know Jesus. I told him one time, I told him, don't go out there fucking with them Jews without no money.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was fantastic.
4: <laughs> I, I like the routine he does where he, he's, 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 he's baptizing people and he said that the bubbles came up. I thought it was the spirits coming out of the people. <laughs> and you deaf he's and dumb people. Them. We, we don't need you them. deaf and dumb people here. Go learn how to walk.
0: <laughs> dark, dark, He was dark. Uh, yeah, dark, dark. pretty. Yeah. Dark. And does, does Box 5000, Boston, Massachusetts to ring a bell no Reverend Ike
3: oh man <laughs> I'm going to tell
0: you a story
4: the first time now you this, and I probably should have grown up together d- 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 before I knew this was inside of me you know Little Richard's a friend of mine me, he, I work with him I in love concert. Little Richard oh man yeah love he, Little Richard my inspiration my friend my hero when he and I first sat down and had a conversation he says to me you remind me of the Reverend Ike
0: yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see and,
4: that. And 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 do y'all you, you, you don't even know who Reverend Ike is. Sorry, flamboyant, over-the-top preacher who crossed over. Who practices the same? What I teach and what I practice is called positive spirituality. And mm-hmm. Reverend Ike was doing the thing. The <clears throat> same. The same exact thing. You've heard of the secret. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in the secret. You know, as a man believes in his heart, so is he. And be ye transformed by renewing your mind. You are who you think you are. And if you don't like your condition and place in life, you can change your thinking and change your life. You have power in your thoughts. You are powerful. Don't get me preaching up in here, man. I'm, a up in here. Up. I'm going gonna to let up. something powerful happen. I want to touch the girl from England right over there. Uh, I want you to... Put, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Oh, man. Before I start oh, preaching, man. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I, if, if you love the Lord, pull your money out of your pocket and show me how much you love the Lord.
0: Oh, yeah, That's the pass
4: pass Catholics. Pass.
0: Pass. Reverend Ike, <laughs> 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 Reverend Ike had, a, had a speech, Catherine and Alex and Andy and Tony, you know Reverend Ike, don't you? Oh, yeah. He said, there's a place for money in this world. Many people say that money has no place in this world, but I know it does because I, I have spoken to Jesus. I have spoken to God personally. And there is a place for money in this world, and it's right here in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I agree By 5,000 Boston, Massachusetts, send your checks today. Oh, man! Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, Reverend Ike was phenomenal.
4: <laughs> and he was someone that... that there's no one like him today because
0: no. he was on the Merv Griffith Show. And, yep. and,
4: was yep. he a te- te- televangelist? No. no. Yeah, yeah, no. He, he, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, but he
0: never got that big on TV.
4: Yes and no. He was, yeah, because, like, yeah, he was big in some of the bigger cities, some of the bigger. Yeah, market. that's true. Yeah, that's true. And, and he was very inspirational. But it was all a lot of money-based. And so back at this time, uh, he, he his claim to fame was he wore these, at that time, $2,000 suits back in the 70s. Yeah, and yeah. he never wore the same one twice. And he had a string of Rolls Royces. So <laughs> he, he lived very, very flamboyantly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think of some of his most famous quotes. Uh, oh,
0: he had a lot. A lot of,
4: of just really, 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 really. Bring him up. <laughs>
0: I want to hear Andy deliver Reverend Ike's famous quotes. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Andy, uh, I love my son, but he is very... Very white. He's very white. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my son and Trayvon is. Uh, he's very white too. Actually, <laughs> as it turns out. I, I try to give him
4: some flavor, but good God,
0: you know it is what it is.
1: It is what it
4: is. It is what it
0: is. It is, what, it is. what time do you uh, do you preach on Sunday at Banks?
4: no, no, wait, 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 wait time. I don't okay. preach. I'm, I, I'm service assistant. Oh, service assistant, okay. I, I, I start it. the service. Hey, sorry about that. I do a reading. I do one of my fantastic poems. I want, I want to do an inspirational poem if I could. I'd and then, in, in addition to that, I, uh, I introduce the band. I'll do some jokes. And it's something that that really pushes me because I write clean comedy for the uh, for the church service, and it's been really fantastic with that. How, can, I, can I do a quick poem? Absolutely. Yeah, do whatever well, you want to do. You're the, fancy. Right. I'm fancy. Right. I, I, I want. <laughs> I want to do. No. I, is I this do, your original? Oh, absolutely. Everything right. I do is original, baby. Um, okay. the, he goes one. He goes one. I want to share. Uh, I got a million of them. One's about love. And one is life is so. I'm gonna do that. one. life is so easy for me. All right. And um, and I want to dedicate this 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 one because nowadays we having no all the fun up here. But a lot of times people have challenges. And I heard someone say a sentence one day. They said, "Life is so easy for me." I like that. i come home with that. Let me see what I can do with that. So this is for all the listeners, and uh, and if you're going through something, you, you grab a hold of this right here because uh, this is some fancy ray. Life is so easy hmm, for me. I do what I want. When I'm finished, I'm through. I whistle while I work as I do what I do. Life is a breeze. Life is fun. Life is so easy hmm, when you're connected with the one. Not too serious, it's not too sad. There's a smile on my face because today's the best day I ever, 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 ever had. I'm no Pollyanna, no Pistol Pete. See, life is life. And for me, life is so sweet. I'm not blown by the winds of the Windy City or trying to take a bite out of the Big Apple. Life is love, and this love will never leave me crying at the chapel. It ain't by the time I get to Phoenix or some hearts on by Tony Bennett. Today is the day which the Lord hath made, and I'm going to be glad and rejoice in it. Life is so easy for me like a Shakespearean actor stepping on a stage or a librarian with a book who's turning another page or a USC fighter stepping into a cage life is a waterfall it's a water sprout every morning the sun rises and every night the moon comes out like the waves on the ocean and the leaves on a tree life is so easy and I just love being me (laughs) yay my my my
0: I going to be honest with uh, with the listening audience. Uh, again, I wish we had video, but at uh, one point, Fancy Ray jumped up, and I thought he was gonna
1: go. <laughs> uh, Richard is the man. Oh, oh, man. Have you he, met Richard? Are you a player? I've never
0: met Little Richard. You play that classic rock? Do you go back that far? No. Uh, we we used to once in a while. Once in a while, you will hear it, but it's, it's very very rare. Oh, but I, I you know. One of my favorite Little Richard stories is when he was on The Tonight Show, and Don Rickles was on the same show. Oh. And I will never forget that as long as I live, because Little Richard, and he was a Little Richard's a very, very smart man. Yeah. But he likes to come off once in a while like he's disconnected, and he doesn't really understand what's going on. And he, Don Rickles comes on, and Little Richard goes, my favorite comedian of all time, Don Rinkle. <laughs> Don, Don Rinkle it's Rickles it's Rickles alright it's Don Rinkle my favorite Don Rinkle but Little Richard uh, inspired singers and actors and wrestlers yeah. and I mean he inspired so many different people is that correct?
4: Oh you know, when when I first got into this showbiz game, I was doing my research on little Richard and it, and Richard would say, Oh, the Beatles started with me, uh, the, the James Brown was my vocalist, the uh, Otis Redden started with me, Mick Jagger was my and then Billy Preston's and, and mm-hmm. go on, Oh hell and Michael Jackson's me and Prince is me and you go, Oh yeah, man, this guy is like What's true? And then you looked at the research I and watch it. it's true. Michael
0: Jackson it. was was part little Richard. Part Remember part Richard. him at the Le- Grammy. He said,
4: I'm the architect of rock and roll. Uh
1: (laughs) Oh, and
4: and he is. He just, just, just uh, incredible power and influence. And perhaps the greatest rock and roll vocalist of all time that he can do. Phenomenal. so many things with his voice, and if you got—I don't know if you can choose the music, but I'd love for you to play a real little Richard song for me over there here real soon on your radio show in the morning. Let the folks hear that vibration and the power of the King, the Architect, the man that created all of it. Little Richard, and my friend,
0: too. Well, I will tell you this: music from that era, and we're talking the fifties into the sixties, and you know, and beyond that. But you're talking about people like Little Richard and Fats Domino. And oh. people, just tremendous, tremendous music. I got one for you, that you. This is from the
4: 70s. Little Richard remade the Beatles song. The Beatles did a tribute to him called I, I Saw Her Standing There. Mm-hmm. Little Richard did his own version of that. Right. If, if you don't know if you heard that, but that's fantastic. It, it that's is fantastic. fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah, man.
0: Paul McCartney has said before that that when they opened for Little Richard many, many years ago, yep. like 1961 or He took him on tour. Yep,
4: he took him to Germany the first he time.
0: Did. Yep. He did indeed. They said they were terrified to play in front of Little Richard. <laughs> it's, I think it's just wonderful that the Beatles... You look at them now, they, they, you know, this massively huge group, and they were just terrified to sing in front of Little Richard because he was such a great – he is such a great star.
4: And you can Google this. There's a picture of Little Richard sitting – Google Little Richard and the Beatles. There's a picture of him sitting there, and they never met a famous person. Paul grabbed my finger. Ringo grabbed my finger. Everybody had a finger. And they want to learn my little holler. Woo! And I said, woo! He said, woo! Paul was going, woo! Woo! I saw, woo! I said, oh, baby, you got it. You know? Just uh, – <laughs> Nothing. I, when I would go out to California, he would come pick me up, and I, I got a thing on my answer machine. You can't play it right now, but he's he, he just been a friend, a supporter. Um, you can't play it right now?
0: Huh? You don't want us to play
4: it? My thing? Yeah. It's on my phone.
0: Well, can Andy can put it up to the microphone, and play it, really? if you want to hear. Well, I mean, oh, you can just put it up to your oh, microphone. Oh,
4: you, oh, I've never played this before. You know what I did one day last time I was with, I saw Richard. I asked him to make me an outgoing oh, yeah, answer machine, and, uh, <laughs> and he recorded What's a personal message to me.
0: Page. Oh, little Richard did. Yeah. God, how it? great is that? How'd That's you what?
4: meet him? How'd you get to know? Him? Oh, you want to hear a great story? I do. <laughs> We're here for your great no, story. Why not? He was performing hey, at Grand Come Casino. In Hinkley, Minnesota, and I had to go to the event. And as soon as I get there, I realize instantaneously that Little Richard and I are the two most beautiful people in the whole place.
0: Sure, absolutely, <laughs>
4: absolutely, I can't even and, deny that. And, and so he does this great concert. He's singing "Good Golly Miss Molly" and "Long Tall Sally," all these wonderful old hits. And at the end of the show, he starts singing, "It's time to go. I gotta go." Woo. So I'm in front of the stage, and right in front of Richard, I'm mean, like, right, th- I mean, right in front of him, I start mm.
0: impersonating him. I start going. <laughs> Fancy Ray is dancing right now, ladies and gentlemen.
4: Dancing He looks at me and <laughs> goes, come up here, come up here. I'm walking on stage and I'm going to meet the architect, the man that created rock and roll. Yeah, absolutely. I get on stage. Did you pee a little? And, <laughs> and, 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 and Little Richard starts smiling at me. Uh-oh. And the song Tootie Fruity started going through my brain. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> did just lit the slide. You, 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 you don't know what Tootie Fruity is about, do you? Sure. Oh, I love Tootie. You don't know what the original version was like. See, a lot of you are like, Tootie Fruity, old oh, Rudy, Tootie Fruity, O oh, Rudy. The original lyrics oh, went like this. changed that. No, the original lyrics went like this. It was this original lyrics. True. It said, Tootie Fruity, good booty it go goat, booty. If it don't fit, don't force it. You can grease it, make it easy. A whop, bob, blue, bob, bam, boom. <laughs> I actually remember hearing that, yeah. That's absolutely oh, you true. Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: Everything
4: yeah. I'm saying is true, man. Well, that's,
0: yeah, that's <laughs> Why did I even deny it? I didn't that's deny true. it. I should have just known up front. Yeah, i never lied it to you true. before.
1: Yeah.
3: don't care how many times the Yankees have totally destroyed the Twins, they're gonna gonna pull it together. On this episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, brought to you as always by Bradshaw and Bryant. Great clips this week. From Lee, Vince Wilburn Jr., and Fancy Ray McCloney. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will See ya next. Week.